Welcome to the DTV Podcast, presented by Bless Your Heart Nonprofit Corporation. I'm Ross Jambo, and I'll be your host, filling in for our regular host, Brendan Mathern, as we speak to some of the most interesting people up and down Bayou Lafourche. The Cutoff Youth Center is a well-known establishment down the bayou and is home to the Hurricane Fest, Salt Lafourche Bidi, the Hurricane Swim Team, and many other activities. It also seems to be home to a few other things on the spooky side. We definitely have our fair share of stories and folklore down here, but today we'll take a deep dive into the happenings at the Cutoff Youth Center. Today we sit down with Delaine Chasson, director of the Cutoff Youth Center, and Tommy Rogering, longtime teacher, now retired, and paranormal investigator. Delaine, Tommy, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. So Delaine, Tommy, I really appreciate you guys coming today. Uh, we start off every podcast with... You know, tell us about yourself, tell us about your family, and the famous DTP question, who's your mom and dad? Uh, I'm Dylan Chasson. My mom and daddy are Deanna and Danny Givens. Um, I'm originally from Homa. Uh, moved here in 1984. Went to Salafouche my sophomore year and graduated at Tarpon. I'm uh, Tommy Rodrigue, and uh, I'm married to Danielle Brune Rodrigue. I'm the son of Danny and Elaine Rodrigue, both of them were teachers, so I guess it was meant for me to be a teacher. I have a, one child, a, a son, Ross, he's at Nickel State. Uh, I currently retire, like you said, from teaching. Uh, after 33 years, I spent, some people might know me from 12 years at LCO, and then I spent 21 years at Salafouche High School, and my specialty area was physics. Uh, some people might know me from uh, being a musician in bands. Uh, for over 30 years, I've been playing mostly guitar, and uh, I've bowled in majority of my life in leagues. And like you said, I'm an amateur, amateur paranormal investigator since the mid-'90s. I remember you from LCO. Oh, okay. That was our dealing. Um, so, Delin, uh, we want to start off. Can you give us a summary of the Cutoff Youth Center, maybe some history, what activities goes on there? And specifically, the role it plays in the community. Yeah, so the Cutoff Youth Center was, the pool was actually built first in 1968, and the building followed around 1973. Um, it started with uh, families in the community putting up a $1,000 promissory note to, to build this, to make this happen, um, and a lot of volunteer hours of, you know, putting the floors up, the floors, the walls, hammers. Miss Sandra Sheremy and, and Mr. Ronnie Sheremy talk used to talk about it. That you know, like these people actually put their blood, sweat, and tears into this building. So the Cutoff Youth Center was built on a lot of love and uh, for the community and a place for the kids of our community. So we're home to we were home to Cutoff Youth Center Hurricanes Biddy basketball team, which became Salafouche uh, Biddy. And then we have our hurricane swim team. Uh, high school swims there. We have uh, volleyball teams that, that practice there. We have boxing. Boxing started there in in the early 80s with uh, Barry Guidry and all of them. Uh, his dad coached him. I think those coaches are still present. Um, so there's bingo, of course, every week, every Wednesday night. Um, and anybody that needs the youth center, I mean, the, we're there for them. We have uh, weddings that are hosted there, and we also do a lot of repasses there. As you're talking about, I'm thinking there's cornhole. Cornhole. There's uh, so much that happens. What's the new uh, pickleball? Well, well, they, they tried pickleball there a couple times. It just didn't, didn't work out. No. That's no. starting to be a big thing. It is. Yeah. 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 But cornhole for sure. Every Thursday night, those guys are dedicated. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so my kids use use the Cutoff Youth Center a lot for bitty basketball. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was a LaRule's guy, so I was uh, at the LaRule Civic Center, but we like the Cutoff Youth Center. And we just had our gala there, too, so yeah. it worked out pretty good yeah. uh, in that, that venue. We have our Hurricane Festival. Some people are in the misconception that a Hurricane Festival is about hurricanes. It's nothing to do with hurricanes. Oh. It was about our, our basketball team. It was about our swim team. And the, the queens, when they have their their pageant, their crowns as a, a hurricane symbol, um, so we're not celebrating hurricanes in the league, and but a hurricane is strong, and we're strong. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, back in my day, I guess I'm old enough I can actually say that now. But they we had LaRose cut off Galliano Golden yes. Meadow, and it was cut mm-hmm. off hurricanes. Yeah. Uh, so Tommy, uh, you do paranormal investigations. Um, I always knew you as a teacher. I didn't know you as that, but uh, that really piqued my interest when I did find out that you did that. Uh, so tell us how you how you got into it. What seemed to be interesting about it, and uh, that such. Well, it was it was the mid '90s, and that's when shows on TV uh, like uh, Unsolved Mysteries and stuff became popular, and Ghost Hunters started coming out. And so naturally, the kids at school, since you know they'd see those shows, would ask me questions and tell me stories about what they experienced, and I taught a science class, so. I decided, well, I might as well bring that up and in my lessons because I always try to have things that the kids are interested in. And so I taught a little lesson in my energy chapter about how scientists could investigate ghosts and equipment. And it pretty much stayed in all my lesson plans up until I retired. And the kids always liked the, uh, the lesson. Then I decided to buy my own equipment <laughs> and start trying it myself. So as the years went by, I just added more and more equipment. And um, it was a way for me to use my science background in a, you know, in a way that I could uh, either show that it existed or show that it didn't exist. Because at the time, I was, I was a skeptic. And um, basically, I mean, the overall theory uh, is that, you know, in the lesson of what I used to tell the kids is that, you know, spirits seem to have, you know, if, if, if you believe in ghosts, they seem to have electricity and magnetism, EM energy, that's left over when a person dies. And I'd always explain to the kids, I, I wouldn't make them, you know, want to believe one way or another, but that energy comes from the nervous system, and it uh, works by electrical impulses. And obviously, we have a lot of nerves and a lot of electrical impulses. So where does that energy go? So the law of conservation of, of energy says that energy can't be created nor destroyed. So if it's not destroyed, it has to go somewhere. So does it stay, does it go off into the universe or does it stay in the environment in one place? And the theory is that ghosts are pockets of EM energy, electricity, magnetism that's left over or imprinted in the environment. And our senses seem to be able to pick this up. And so all the equipment used is, you know, basically to pick up the energy from the EM spectrum. So tell us how you go about doing a paranormal investigation. So it starts out with an EM meter. I mean, like electricians, electricians have this. They uh, go, you know, you, you can detect how much electricity is it, or like magnetism is in the environment. That's probably the most important piece of equipment. Um, and high levels usually mean more activity um, as far as spirits are concerned. But you have to rule out normal sources like fans, computers, outlets, and cell phones and things like that. Um, before and during, uh, I don't like to know details about what I'm investigating to be objective and scientific. Uh, 
there was this private home down the Bahia, and uh, the EM meter never registered. Okay, I went through the whole house, went everywhere, and they were saying, you know, they they you know have hauntings and things, and they have visitations by spirits, and I, I never saw anything except for one spot. When I got to a bedroom, okay, it was at the corner of the bed near the floor, and then the meter went off, and when it goes off and it's high levels, it it's a red light and flashes and makes a noise and when it went off the family started crying and uh they told me that's where the person had died mm. the only place in the entire house that it was registering i mean is that a coincidence yeah you know i mean you know you know it's hard to explain that you know and and that happens often of usually the meter finds the place that there was supposedly somebody that died so a em meter is a big deal um a ghost scanner, if you watch those shows, uh, ghost investigations, it, what it does is it scans through radio stations continuously, and um, it, it, it hits a station, and it moves on to the next one. And the theory is that spirits can take this energy from the radio station, whatever the broadcast is saying, and use the words of the broadcast to help answer your questions. It's not like they're using their own voice. They're manipulating the broadcast. That's the theory. Uh, most of the time, you get no, you know, some nonsense answers and stuff like that. But it wasn't down the bay, but at the Myrtles Plantation, uh, we had gone there uh, quite a few times. And um, our person that usually in my group that asks the question said, uh, who is here with us? That was the question they asked. And uh, it gave the first and last name of the tour guide. Mm. And the tour guide... I can't say his name, but the tour guide had an unusual name. It's not like a you know a common name like John Jack or Smith. something. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a, wasn't something like that. So again, is that a coincidence? The tour guide was even shocked. Hmm. Like you know, didn't know what to say. And then the third uh, piece of equipment I like to mention because it deals with the cutoff Utsin investigations is a ram pod. It's a, a short cylinder with a antenna that comes up, and it sends out a magnetic field. And the theory is that if ghosts are in the environment, then they can disrupt that magnetic field and then it, it goes off and it, it could register a green light. If you ask it a yes, uh, a yes or no question, it could come as a green light or no would come as a, a red light. And uh, we were in a private home. Like I said, I, you know, I can't mention the uh, private home, but uh, it was down the bayou. And uh, our person that asked the question asked, uh, do you like us being here? And the, and the red light came on. Mm. So like, okay, <laughs> like, okay well, what are we doing wrong? You right. know? And then we asked, she asked another question. She said, do you want us to leave? And the green light came on. Wow. And that was the only time the light came on the whole session. Hmm. So again, is that coincidence or not? But we, we left. We, yeah. didn't, we didn't stay. Right, right. <laughs> so I, I didn't realize that you, th there's like a group of people. I mean, you do this often? Is that is, um, is a, a weekly thing, monthly thing? It's it's we haven't done it in a couple of months. It's been kind of slow, gotcha. but uh, it usually it'd be about once a month, and it's uh, we we kind of nickname ourselves the uh, Bayou Paranormal and BPI Bayou Paranormal Investigators, but uh, we don't advertise it because, like I know when I was teaching, I didn't have a lot of time, and right. all these people work. If we would put it on Facebook, we'd probably get calls like to go every weekend, and so we you just can't handle That's that. Cool. Yeah. But, I mean, if anybody uh, listening has uh, something they want to investigate, just contact me. Right. I, I guess that, I mean, that, that probably 
gives answers for the person that owns the house or or the person that runs the building or whatever. But I mean, if you really have an interest in it, that's probably cool for you to just. I mean, it's like playing a game, or you know, like it, it, it's, it's probably fun. I get to know? use my whole background in yeah. science, yeah, yeah. and I don't. I don't go into these places telling people, "Well, this you got to believe this," and right. I don't. Have, we don't have a medium or nothing like that. So it's uh, it's very interesting, but it's very eye opening. And what I find is that I help people. Like people say, "Well, how much you charge?" I don't charge anything mm-hmm. because, especially private homes, when you help them. If they, you know, if they're making contact with a spirit and they truly believe they're making contact, it helps them with closure. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm helping people by doing it. So, Dylan, we, we mentioned the Cutoff Youth Center and you post a lot of cool videos and pictures and stuff on Facebook about, uh, I guess, things that go on at the Cutoff Youth Center. Um, but give us give us a background on, on what some of the things that you you've experienced and uh what kind of led to getting tommy and his his uh the bpi yeah. to, to come by and uh check out the building so uh working there one of the things that happened uh my granddaughter was there her brothers were playing ball on the court and she was playing on one side like in front of my office mm-hmm. i could see her and she stopped and she was just staring at the front doors where the stairs are to go upstairs she was just staring and she had this look on her face so I said, what's wrong, Celine? She starts walking to my office. She says, that mean man is staring at me, and he looks very angry. I said, who? And I'm looking on the camera, and I didn't see anyone. So I got up, and I walked to the door, and I said, who? And she said, him, that king. I said, a king? She says, yeah. And then she says, I said, well, come in the office with me. So she comes in the office. She goes back and looks. She goes, oh, he's gone. So she went back out to play, back onto the court. And me and her mom sitting in my office going, was that about so then we're all out there on the court with her and then she says oh look he's walking that way so she was following him she could see him we couldn't see him and she watched him walk past the women's bathroom up to the stairs into the stage and so she pulled me along with her to go follow him and we got to the stage to turn the light she says nope he's gone again so that was odd you know and that was before i was seeing stuff on cameras mm-hmm so then I started looking to see if there was things on camera. And, you know, when when it's nighttime and you see orbs coming from the ground going up, um, that's not dust falling. Dust doesn't fall up. It's not bugs. We've already gone, my husband and I have gone at night. I'm standing in the gym and he's watching. I could see the screen and I see this stuff around me, but you're not feeling anything. It's not bugs. So how do you explain it? Mm-hmm. Um Another time, my friend and I were in my office, and we both could hear banging coming from the boxing gym. Now, the boxing gym is... On the side of the stage. Right side of the stage upstairs. Correct. So it was coming from that back corner, and it sounded like someone was banging on a pipe with a pipe. And I said, well, Mr. James must be back, which at the time was my maintenance guy. So I looked on the cameras. I don't see his truck anywhere. So she and I both started walking, and as soon as we started getting to the stage in the doors like we both got goosebumps completely and I as soon as I touched the door to open the door it stopped the banging stopped and she she was refusing to come in I opened the door I went in looking around I see nothing nothing then just as I turned to leave there was another noise and I was like yeah I'm good (laughs) I don't need to see more oh it's time to go (laughs) yeah so we went back to the office 
So like, and then there was another instance where he and I went on a Sunday morning. Um, that's what I mean. This doesn't just happen at night. It happens during the daytime. Mm-hmm. A Sunday morning, we went to open the gym for uh, our cutoff fishing club. They were they had something going on. Or it might have been a Saturday morning. We went to open the gym, and uh, I just turned on a couple of lights. We went to put get the tables and chairs out, and there was a party that had happened like the night before. There's some balloons that had gone up to the sky, to the air. They'd come down. So all these balloons are laying on the floor. They're yellow and white, but there was one red one. So as we're walking, this one red balloon lifted up off the ground, and it comes towards us, and it's following the court line in front of the kitchen, coming right towards us. And I'm like, where's my phone? Do you have your phone? He's like, no, we both (laughs) left our phones in the truck. So we watched it. Now, mind you, the kitchen door to outside is wide open. That balloon came towards us on the court, turned into the little hallway, went into the kitchen, and went behind the door of the kitchen where the aprons hang and just dropped to the floor. Now, the air didn't suck it out the door. It was, and it was moving, and I want to say head level, because that's how it, it was like head level. And I think that was the craziest thing that I witnessed personally, is to see this balloon lift up and then go into the kitchen, just drop. So he's like, you want me to get rid of the balloon? And I'm like, no, let's see what happens when we come back. So when we came back on Monday morning, the balloon was still there. It never moved after it would drop, dropped right Behind there. the door? Behind the door in the kitchen. Yeah, that was crazy. Another balloon story, these balloons. It was a happy birthday balloon that was at the top of the ceiling. And it had come down to level of the bleachers. If you went up in the bleachers, you could you could take it down. So I had asked him to, to get the balloon down and put it in the garbage. Later, I'm sitting on my desk, and I looked up, and that balloon's passing in front of my office. Now, there's nobody else there. He was cutting grass in the front. That balloon's just passing in front of my office. I could have went and grabbed it, mm-hmm. and I did. So I went and grabbed it, and I went and stuck it in the garbage. I popped it, stuck it in the garbage. So when he came in, I said, by the way, I got the balloon. And he says, no. He said, I got the balloon. I said, no, you didn't. It was passing in front of my office. I grabbed it and went and put it in the garbage. He said, I'm telling you, I took it down from the bleachers, and I put it in a gar- in the garbage can under some bags. And somehow that balloon came out from there and was passing in front of So it was the same balloon. Same balloon. Wow. That's, and it said happy birthday on it. When my birthday was like a day or two later. It was it was kind of crazy. Mm. But yeah, so, I mean, there's there's a, a lot of things that have happened. We've witnessed uh, personally and noises and sounds. My husband was washing his hands in the bathroom, getting chlorine off his hands. And he hears uh, a woman's voice say, the phone's ringing. The phone was ringing. But nobody else was there. It was just him. Doors were locked, you know. And he's like, uh, okay. So when I got into work that morning, he was waiting outside. He's like, yeah, I was like going back in. <laughs> there's other people have witnessed hearing, woohoo, hmm. when there's nobody else there. So. I said, no, I'm going to be on alert next time uh, I go listening for woohoo. Woohoo, <laughs> yeah. Um, so so with all these experiences going on, um, how how did you come about getting Tommy and, and his uh, group to come and check out the Cuttle Food Center? Yeah, so I'm telling my kids about the stuff happening at the youth center. They're like, oh, Mr. Rodrig, Tommy Rodrig does that, Mom. I'm like, what? Yeah, he'd investi- he investigates. So I, I messaged him on Facebook, but she never saw it. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and then, like, I don't know. I don't really remember. How, I want to say it was Helene. I got in, I, Helene tells me that um, she's friends with Tommy and that they do this. They go, Helene Melisson, that they go and uh, investigate. And I said, yeah, I, I want y'all to come and check it out. Because you just want that science to go with 
what the feelings are that you're having, you know, and, and what you you think you're seeing and what's happening. Um, so when someone can come in with the science end of it, it, it validates what's going on. You're not crazy. Right. So, so Tommy, you get the opportunity now to go to the cutoff food center, utilize your, your knowledge from teaching your equipment that you have, uh, Tell us some of the things that you found, some of the experiences that you had at the youth center. First of all, um, Helene did tell me, you know, about the cutoff youth center that she had, she had talked to Delane and all. And I told him, don't tell me anything, before, you know, and like until I investigate. I don't want to know what's going on. I don't want to, you know, hear any stories. So I went totally objective into it and not knowing what to expect. Um so I went first with the uh, EM meter, and I found a lot of uh, high levels of electricity magnetism in various spots in the building. And uh, there was a couple of spots in the seating area at the top, and the meter would go off and register high, and then it would go, uh, it, it, then it would it would not register at all. You know, and I didn't know what was going on with that. But uh, every time I've gone there, how many times I've gone with three or four, three, three or four, four times. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the stage, I've had a lot of high readings on the stage. Uh, about a trophy case, mm-hmm. I've had high readings about a trophy case. The hall near the kitchen area, that that seems to have high levels. My personal investigations with the group, it was the most readings we've gotten was from the boxing room upstairs, and uh, it was very high. In a different, it's very, uh, it's kind of very spooky with the lights off and stuff. And um, the reason, the reason, and, and, I, and I told him, you know, leave, we went at night, leave the cutoff youth center like it usually is at night. Because if a spirit, you know, theoretically, if a spirit is going to want to make contact, it's easier for them to manipulate energy at night and make themselves know. Because if it's during the day with a lot of noises and stuff like that, it's hard for them to make themselves know. That's why a lot of stuff happens at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get any communication in the building with the REM pod. Okay, I'll, I'll save that for a little while, though. Uh, we, we did the ghost scanner. And uh, went through the, stations. The ghost scanner is the radio. The radio, with, with, they scanned through the stations. So I was in the stairwell. <laughs> and um, it was the stairwell leading to the second floors. And uh, I decided to do it in there because I had the, the meter had gone off a couple of times. And I asked a series of questions, and it was no logical response. It was a lot of just, uh, you know, gibberish or, you know. Uh, like you'd be running through yeah, stations. Yeah, and, it, it, and you hear the little broadcast and all. Whenever you get a message on the scanner that's supposedly a spirit, it doesn't sound like a radio station. It sounds louder, and it sounds like a different voice. So when I asked a, a question, all of a sudden, in a very, very loud voice, and it was not a radio station broadcast, said very loudly, stop asking questions. Well, I, I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I, I turned it off and I, and I left. But it, you could hear it throughout the, the youth center at the bottom. People, they would say, you heard that? You heard that? And I was in the stairway, and you can hear it out in the court and all. That was uh, unnerving for, for me. That, that stuff like that doesn't usually happen all the time in an investigation. Uh, I've seen after afterwards. I've seen some of the uh, surveillance video footage. Some things scientifically can be attributed to dust and flying insects, but some can't. Like when you said, you know, like the dust was rising instead of falling. Uh, a lot of the 
video surveillance tries to focus in on the closest object it can and most of the times it's dust particles or flying insects and it looks like orbs and orbs is a big deal. Orbs are not always spirits, but the video surveillance, uh, the surveillance video I've seen of the movement of objects was very unnerving also. Like, like what was that? Balloon. She had, uh, she had the balloon. Was there a basketball or something? Was there a basketball? video of a basketball? A uh, person, a uh, shadowy-like figure walking across um, what was the street. It, the, the street. Uh, things like that, that. That's hard to attribute to just flying insects. What looks insects like footprints dust. underneath the pavilion. Footprints were walking like in front of the kitchen, but outside. Mm-hmm. You know, like I looked at it closely, and, I, and there's, there's some things I, I can't explain in those videos. Uh, in the boxing room is where we had our set, our sessions, a lot of our sessions, and uh, the EM meter, like I said, was registering very high. But I did notice during one of the sessions, it was dark in there, but I had my, you know, had a light on it. The big punching bag that's hanging down started going back and forth like a pendulum, a couple of inches. It wasn't a lot. And I thought, okay, well, maybe, you know, there's air currents, uh, you know, air conditioning, but air conditioning wasn't on at the time. I thought maybe somebody's moving over there or, you know, uh, shaking the floor. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, it just stopped. Not stop like slowly stop, just stop dead, complete stop. Hmm. That's scientifically, that's hard to explain too. Um, Delaney, if you don't mind, tell them, uh, tell them about March. Remember? Yeah, let me. While we're on the boxing subject, though, I want to tell you about the the the, coat, the, the boxing coach and his student. Um, so there's a, a boxer. His name's Bridgewater. He was up there by himself, and a little while later, I hear him on his phone, and he's coming down. He's like, "Yeah, coach, uh, when how much longer are you gonna be? Yeah, about 15 minutes. Well, I'm gonna wait for you outside. Yeah, I'll come back when you when you get here. When you get here." So I said, "Bridgewater, what's wrong? You okay?" So he gets off the phone. He says, "Miss Dean, I ain't no punk, but I don't do ghosts." I said, "What you talking about?" He says, "I'm telling you, this place has got ghosts." He says, "I'm up there." He said, "I'm punching the bag," and he could hear like someone lean. He heard someone walking up the stairs, and he could hear someone lean on the banister, and he just kept punching because he's thinking it's his coach, and he, in his head or he hears a voice. He says he's not sure which it was. He, he just heard punch like this, do like this. He was getting directions, so he started doing it. And he turned and said, like that? He said, and there was nobody there. Mm. He said, so he said so I went, okay. So he went back to punching again. He says, and he heard it again. He's like, yeah, uh-uh, I'm, I'm going to leave now. I'm going to come back when coach gets here. I said, oh, okay. But I asked my, the boxing coach about it, and he said, yeah, he's been in there before. Jimmy Owensby is our coach, and he heard he's heard walking up the stairs. Um, Mr. James has been in that back room, and he heard a woman's voice saying, "Hey, what you got?" And he thought it was me, only to. F- and then uh, my other maintenance man heard it also. Scott heard it, and I, it wasn't me. There was no other woman there. It don't know where that voice came from, but it's a very active area to get back to that. But in listening to the um his recorder um it said march it was saying march and it said it did say money too didn't it uh 
on there's another piece of like now that you're saying that there's another piece of equipment called an iOvilus that yeah, works it was on um, mm-hmm. it works on a cell phone and it it manip- supposedly they they can manipulate um, the EM signals like microwave for a cell phone and when we turned it on it said March and it said something about money yeah and and more at the time once, more than once. yeah and at the time I mean we were struggling we were we were having some financial difficulties at the youth center and I said oh joking maybe we're going to come into some money and then in march i don't whatever month this was that we were doing it it was in march we did get like a sub a substantial really? uh, donation to the youth center yeah it was so like it Aline was pretty me and she yeah. goes, you're not gonna believe this but <laughs> yeah it was like pre- prediction of mm-hmm. we, we had no idea what march meant at the time mm-hmm. yeah hmm. how you explain that you, know, right. you could attribute it to right. coincidence if you want but when you see scientifically all these things start lining up and the meters and uh, then you start questioning like you know is there really something going on well i I think that's what's cool about the work i guess that you guys do is like you don't you don't have to go in believing but you can go in with this equipment and you can provide this factual data you know and say like this is what i got and it's up to you to make that decision whether it's more objective yeah Yeah. it's up to you whether you're going to say no, that's bull or, yeah, I guess there is something. You know, I can't explain it, you know. Also, um, what I found was interesting, uh, it wasn't in the youth center itself, but it was right next door. We, I took that REM pod that I wasn't getting any readings with in the building, and I took it uh, outside by the cemetery. I didn't go in the cemetery, but I had it outside of, the, uh, of you know, where the tombs and all were in the grass. And as soon as I put it down, those lights started flashing. I mean, you don't usually get, you usually get the red and the green light, but you usually don't get the purple and the other colors, uh, you know, going off at the same time. And I immediately took the EM meter and it was, it was flashing red. And I, I, I traced out a line from the cemetery all the way to the, the door where the kitchen is to go into the, like it was a line straight going over there as if energy was focused in that area. Oh, to that, the, yeah, to that the path. Center. Not nowhere else outside except that line and, and near the uh, cemetery. <laughs> Those are the things I found in there from a scientific standpoint with the equipment. Right. I have met with a medium there since investigations were done with Tommy. Um, I had a few friends. It was uh, six of us there with, with this lady. And she was right on target with a lot of us, with me especially. Like she had no idea who I was or what was going on. But her immediate, uh, her immediate words when she walked into the building and she was looking around was the first time there. She said, "This place is full of angels." I said, "Really?" She says, "They're everywhere in here." Yes, she said, "This is a very good place." So I've never had negative energy in the building. I've never felt anything negative. So her saying that to me just helped justify what mm-hmm. I was feeling because I, I've never felt that. And honestly, being in there three or four times investigating, I've I've really never felt threatened or like it was something mm-hmm. negative or unsafe or evil or if you want to say it, but I, I've never felt that way. Gotcha. So well, why boxing? Well, <laughs> boxing, when the youth center started, that was that was the big thing there. It was. It, okay. it, was, it was boxing. And we had two very um, – 
big personalities in there. Mr. Barbier and Mr. Uh, C.J. Guidry were, if you knew them, uh, very big personalities mm -hmm. and they were very present and they were there a lot um with these guys and and coaching boxing you know i think i think that's why that area is so big i think the king that my granddaughter saw was a king of versailles um one of the f if he wasn't the first king he was one of the first kings uh mr savoir mr ray had recently passed and there was a big shakeup with how versailles was running there balls mm -hmm. they weren't parading they weren't doing the ball the night before the parade anymore they went two weeks ahead or a week ahead a lot of the older people didn't like it mm -hmm. there was some pushback on it so was he angry because because the balls were happening like that possibly right. you know and they would get dressed upstairs you know so the king going up and down the stairs that made sense to me um a lot of it just makes sense to me i, I think you want to hear what i think Sure. About all the people. Yeah, no. So I mean, that, that was going to be one of my next questions was, I what do I've, you think? Like, what, what? I mean, you go, you spend the most time in there. You you came with an objective mind yeah. to go and investigate this. I mean, what do you think is going on in that? So business? in my opinion, I think, and then it, the more people are there, and especially when there's a lot of children there, when everybody leaves and it gets quiet and it's dark, that's when you see most activity. But I think it's who we bring in there with us. I think they're always with us. Our, our our people that have gone on before us are there with us all the time. And I think it's their energy that we feel, that we see. And that building, like I said, it was built with a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And a lot of people um, who were involved in that center coming together, I think, are still part of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it doesn't help or it doesn't hurt that a lot of them are buried right in the front. So it's easy for them to come and visit maybe, you know, right. but I think that's what it is. I think we, I think we never really truly leave. I think we stay. Hmm. So tell me what's your thoughts. I'm going to kind of piggyback on that. Um, but I'm going to also add, you had, you had asked about why the boxing room mm -hmm. from a scientific standpoint with, with energy, the air conditioned units are very close to that boxing room. So if, if, if spirits want to manipulate energy to contact and seated there, there they have a ample amount of energy supply near that boxing room, and those stairs and everything. So that's a possibility, um, you know, scientifically speaking, using the energy if you know if, if it's spirits. If I say my opinion scientifically, there's not enough physical evidence to conclude. But I will say this: there's too much evidence to just dismiss it. Yeah, yeah. That's from a scientific standpoint. My personal opinion, okay, I think, I think if it's spirits, I think it's like, uh, like she said, like it's deceased people who are close to the cutoff youth center, uh, since it's construction, probably, uh, possibly, maybe even buried in the cemetery that they're following that line to get there. I think they're using the EM energy in that line to the cutoff youth center, and I think they're protecting the owners, and the building itself. And like I've said before, I don't think it's anything I don't think it's anything malevolent. I think it's all benevolent. Uh, I never felt any instances of any kind of evil. I would like to get some more equipment. I'm thinking about getting some new equipment, different kind of stuff that I've been researching uh, and do a, another investigation over there, if she don't mind one day. 
once I get a, a little well, bit new equipment. Now you got so all can, the time. Man. I can, yeah, I got a lot of time. I don't know about money, but I got more time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tell it's something I like to share. I tell this to every client, especially private homes. Okay, but also you know, like in the cutoff youth center. Okay, I, I, I say this all the time. My job is not to tell you what to believe. Because being a teacher, as a teacher, your job is never to tell students what they have to believe. It's to let them decide for themselves. So I present the findings and let the client, you know, form their own conclusions. But I will, you know, I always ask them this question. This is the basic question I'll leave them with. Is it, whatever's going on, is it the spirit of, a you know, the deceased using the energy and the environment to communicate? Or is it the EM energy causing our own nervous system to see and hear, hear things that uh, really aren't there? It's two ways to look at it. Mm -hmm. You know, you can either believe it's a spirit or you can believe it's just our, you know, nervous system going on overload. And I'll let them decide. And that's the teacher in me. But I will say this. Halloween, okay, is the time when supposedly that portal between the living and the the dead opens a little wider and that veil is a little thinner. And that's usually on investigations when the EM levels increase hmm. everywhere. And 99% of all the things that I investigate, I can usually have a little scientific ex explanation for. We've only talked about a little bit. You know, I, I didn't include the 99% that I can scientifically explain away at different places. But there's always that 1%. <laughs> That you can't explain. Right. Okay. And that's why we keep investigating. I've gone from a skeptic when I started to pretty much a, a believer hmm. out, of, out of all the things I've seen. Mm -hmm. So you said Halloween. What about uh, full moons? Full moons, um, biologically speaking, um, it does affect our, our, our bodies and our nervous system. Uh, just like uh, animals that have their reproductive cycles around that time, our cycles also based on that also. So I think there's a heightened sense of, you know, nervous system overload at that time. So that may be a time when you can maybe sense more than you usually would when it's not a full moon. Because hmm. there's different times that you can sense things a little better than you can at other times. Mm -hmm. That might be one time. No, so when I, when I between – uh, high school and deciding that I didn't want to work in the medical field. I worked at Lady to see full moon uh, on the third floor. Full moons was very active for like psych issues as well as in the evenings. So they call it sundowners with people that have like uh, Alzheimer's and stuff. But like in the evenings activity ramps up in, in those people as well as when full moons are, are out, people go crazy. You know? it, it and we could probably talk to Brandon. I'm sure he can he could back that up with. It Sheriff. works like that in the school system too. <laughs> yes. I don't have any numbers to back it up. I have no you know uh, you know percentages or whatever. But I notice that whenever it's a full moon, kids usually act up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I'll be willing to bet if you looked at the um, the detention rates and stuff, it was probably a, more uh, a full moon than it was when. There's it, some when correlation. It was. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been a full I'll moon the last it. few days. Yeah. So. <laughs> So I got one more story. Miss um, Janice, who always would complain because nothing ever happened for her. She never witnessed anything, experienced anything. 
she could hear music playing. It was like a child's toy playing music. And so I wasn't there. She went get Carl. He was there. And he went and opened up the attic because that's where they they went to the concession. They could hear it coming from the attic between the two floors. And when he pulled open the door, the music stopped. Um, They never heard it again after that. But I did have a, 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 one of my electricians had to go do some work up in there. And uh, he told me he doesn't want to work up in there anymore. And I asked him why. And he said, I saw shadows I shouldn't have been seeing. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. So it's not, it's not a, he didn't enjoy being up there. Right, right. Because it was something going on he couldn't see. But the music, yeah, it stopped playing. It was a child's toy. And there was, there was no child's toy up there. There was no music. Don't know where it was coming from. Right. Well, look, I, I really do appreciate both of y'all coming and uh, give us, you know, the background on this because the videos have always piqued my interest. But um, it, it's just interesting to, you know, sometimes you just get these feelings that you can't explain. You know, like we get the frissons, but uh, Tommy, I, I think it's awesome that you can come with a scientific background to just say like that one percent. Try to explain it. But those frissons yeah. that you get. It might not be imagination. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So uh, before we leave, uh, we usually do a round of rapid-fire questions with all our guests. So you can give an answer, a one-word answer, or just, you know, expound on your answer. It's up to you. So you all ready? All right, we'll go Delane, then Tommy. So Delane, first, if you had a final meal, what would it be and who cooked it? My grandmother's shrimp stew. Not cheese fries? No. No, I hate cheese fries. <laughs> Every time we go to go to the basketball game, my little girl's like, Daddy, I'm getting cheese fries. That's her go-to. So, Tommy, final meal, what would it be? Who cooked it? It would definitely be my grandma, and it would be uh, fried pork chops and patate frie or uh, French fries mm-hmm. if you don't speak French. But uh, I used to – my mom watered every time she cooked it. Uh, some fried pork chops are good. Um, so the next one, jambalaya and white beans. Does the white beans go on top or on the side? On the side. On the side. On the side, yeah. I'm on the side as well. We had enough after the hurricane, so. <laughs> um, so favorite snowball flavor? Coconut cream with condensed milk. I like coconut. <laughs> from where? Oh, we, I get them from the chill out. Oh, okay. And I, I don't. I don't really. I really don't eat like snowballs like, in the last thirty years because every time I eat sugar, I get like a headache for four oh, days. Yeah, yeah. But I, I really like coconut. Coconut, yeah, coconut is a good flavor. Uh, so, a roux. Do you always make it fresh or do you use it from a jar? Fresh. Always fresh. Uh, I I don't I don't cook. My wife is a really good cook, but uh, she uh, she she uses it from a jar, but she can also do it fresh. Yeah, yeah. And I'll rather it fresh. Hey, sometimes if you're busy, you got to do what you got to do, yeah. right? Uh, and the last one, you go to a down to buy a wedding. What song do you know for a fact you're gonna hear that wedding? The wobble. The wobble, yeah. <laughs> Tina Na and Matilda. <laughs> you the second one that said Matilda. It's probably because a Salafouge band plays it. Right. And so people are f- so familiar with it, even though it's such an old song, that they hear it at parades, they hear it at the football games. And right, right. So they'll probably request it. Yep. Um, so, Delin, if somebody wants to find out more about the Cutoff Youth Center, where can they find you on social media or the Internet? The Cutoff Youth Center has a Facebook page. They can reach me there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, Tommy, if anybody needs any uh, paranormal services, 
where can they find you guys at? I'm on, a, I'm on Facebook. We don't really have a site for our group, but I'm on Facebook, and they, you can PM me, you know, anytime, and I'll, I'll get back to you. Okay, cool. So, guys, thank you all again for coming. We definitely appreciate it. I thank you. It's been an honor. Uh, yeah, th thank yeah. you. This was fun. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the DTB Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at the DTB Podcast or get more episodes on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To find out more about Bless Your Heart Nonprofit, you can visit our website at www.blessyourheartnonprofit.com. That'll wrap it up for this episode. We'll see you next time.